It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You are listening to the good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with the good news. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the good news with Angie Austin. This is Eric Raymer, America's PR media coach, and uh, super happy to have you here. Angie's still away, so you've got me and the good news gals are in the house. And we're, of course, talking about Michelle Ron. Hey! Letting me be here. This is so good. Letting you be here. Letting me be the here. Show Thank doesn't you. go without oh, you. Oh, see why Don't I love you know? to be. I'm just going to be next to him uh, all uh, the time. Dave and I just time. play Uno <laughs> when, when you're not here. It's just, just the way that it works. And of course, the other voice, the, the voice of Donna Hetzler. Oh, yeah. So nice to be here. You know, uh, the the two of you are stars. In a, in a clear night. Uh, just, 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 I'm going to scoot on the say. other side yeah. of him, okay? We'll just surround exactly. him. I mean, I, I love you ladies like well, you don't know. Back and, at you. Yes, just, ditto. My, my heart beats for, for both of you. And, uh, and, and of course, producer Dave behind Yay. the glass. Hey! The show doesn't go on without his efforts. That's Thank true. you. I need you guys, though, to do it, because right. otherwise it's We're boring. a good team. It's quiet. Good I need you. It's I quiet you if, if you... And God's in charge. That's the best part. Well, uh, folks, uh, you, let me tell you right now, you're going to want to uh, pull over maybe or, or, or turn up the radio uh, wherever you are. Today, we are going to talk about a story that you are probably aware of if you are uh, local here to Denver and in the, the metro area. If you were watching the news at all uh, about a week ago, week and a half ago, yeah, because, uh, Sunday. Uh, and uh, if, if you... Uh, paying attention at all, you probably heard a story about a real estate agent who was attacked mm. while showing uh, a home, and uh, that real estate agent just happens to be our good, dear friend, Donna Hetzler, mm. right here in the studio. Yes. Yep. Donna, I get goosebumps just even saying Thinking it. about it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... Well, I'll start off with the story okay. to begin with. So I, it was just a, a normal day, started out that way and set up for my open house, went into the place, turned on lights, and immediately somebody knocked at the door. In the morning, correct? In the morning, yeah. So this is 11 to 1 open house and I heard a knock on the door, opened the door and it was um, a single gentleman, white, um, male, and uh, came in and uh, he just started asking me, you know, all the questions about the property and how long it's been on the market. Average um, questions, common questions. Average questions. And the right questions. He was asking the right yeah. things. We talked about loans, what he might qualify for, had a conversation. So everything seemed fine at the time. Um, I'm always very cautious, uh, especially if it's a single man. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had uh, training, defense training, and so you want to keep your distance. So at that time, I was in the kitchen, and you know he was in the living room. So you've already got tactical awareness going on. I've got a little bit. And, and you uh, do that as a matter of habit, right? I do. Yeah. Yes, that is my code yellow all the time. I'm always aware mm-hmm. of where I'm at and what's going on around me for the most part. Um, 
but he did so he we talked and he's across the sink from me so there's a little distance and everything seemed okay and he wanted to see the upstairs and this was a small place and um and that's common that's common okay. right and so you know i offered him to go up the stairs which i like to be behind he sure. said no no please you go first don't like that, but I did. And then there was some conversation up the stairs that um, was my first, mm, something's oh, off. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Trust that spidey sense. Yes. And so I want to tell you, always trust your intuition. Yeah. Always trust your intuition. Something was off. So then I found myself kind of turning, going up the stairs and talking, you know, to him and kind of watch, you yeah. know. But long story short, we ended up in the master bedroom and um, it happened very quickly. I mean, it was split seconds. Mm -hmm. It was, um, this is a knife and pulled out a knife and this is bear spray and unraveled a, a small six inch piece. He, he of, described that to you? This is a knife, this is bear spray? Yes. Okay. He, he, that's how he, here's a knife, pulled it out. And as he's unraveling the, uh, the rope that was tethering the bear spray, it almost looked like he was drawing a firearm. Mm. So at that point, I mean, this is seconds, Instant. right? Yeah, Milliseconds. Yeah. Right. It happened so fast. Um, as I saw him drawing what he claimed to be bear spray, but it reminded me of drawing a firearm. Sure. Yeah, sure. You know, I reached for my firearm, and as he saw the firearm come up, he doused me with bear spray. So at this point, everything's burning in my eyes. You know, it's kind of hard to see. Let, let's uh, just pause the story for just a moment and say that you are licensed and registered. Yes. To carry this, this firearm. have fire a concealed arm. carry um, Absolutely. permit. And it may or may not be the standard for all real estate agents. Uh, however, you're, uh, you're a woman on your own in, in uh, a scenario where total strangers right. are walking in. Right. And you are licensed and registered and fully within your legal rights to carry. Absolutely. All right. Are you aware of bear spray? I have never heard of bear I spray. I have. You? Well, I've heard of bear spray, but I had no idea what but it, it does. did. Okay. Yeah. So okay. my first thought is, okay. am I going to pass out? Sure. Right. Um, what is going to happen next? Because you're no bear. I'm no bear. You're hardly even a I'm cub. smaller than a, yeah, I'm hardly. smaller than a bear. And um, I, I laugh about it here. I am yeah, very grateful to of be course. alive. And while I never want to make this about um, uh, how you should defend yourself, you never know until you are in that position mm -hmm. what right. someone's going to do. And there's other ways to defend yourself. I am not here standing on um, right. you know, we our Second Amendment it. or anything. Sure, sure. But um, I have chosen to conceal carry because I am a woman and I am in a business where I meet a lot of, of mm -hmm. different people. people yeah. Right? So um, at this point, I'm bear sprayed. As he is actively bear spraying me, um, I fire my firearm mm -hmm. and uh, he ran, he ran out and I was able to call 911. I got down to the kitchen, was able to um, rinse my eyes out enough to see. Um, Talk about your phone. Too, my phone. Sometimes it doesn't work in that area. Yes, my phone was in my pocket and so, you know, so... Um, you know, adrenaline. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, phone. Where's phone? It's in my pocket. And rinsing out my eyes so I can see to call 911. I was certain he went out the front door. was able to um, follow my tactical training. One of the things they teach you, and this would probably be good tips for any anybody in an emergency situation, is you state your name and where you're at immediately. Yep. Don't start talking about details. Right, right. I said, I'm Donna Hetzler. This is where I'm at. This is the address. Send, I need police. I need ambulance. 
every all my basic needs because yep. I didn't know if I would Good. pass out or what have you. Sure. So in uh, they even say um, like in a home invasion to always have your um, address written in your nightstand yeah. because sometimes adrenaline you forget. Sure. Uh, right. So yeah. just make sure you can tell your location and your name and your status and what you need. So I was able to do that and follow protocol and then got the, the help that we needed. So you, know, you said something there and, and I want to just as, as we tell this story uh, and folks, our guest is Donna Hetzler. She's one of the good news gals. I mean, you've mm -hmm. known her for years uh, here on Angie's program. And uh, I just want to just to reemphasize, we're talking about an occurrence that took place about a week and a half ago uh, as of the airing of this broadcast. And, uh, you know, Donna's going through the storyline of, of what took place as she was showing a house uh, and and the, the man decided to attack her with both mm -hmm. a knife and a, and bear spray, and it sounds like there was a rope involved. Yes. Uh, and you know, you feared you feared for your life. I absolutely did. And I knew at that moment when the knife came out, and nothing that good happens. Nothing good. Right. I would not be here today without yeah. my training and my firearm. Yeah, and 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 for those you know. I'm aware, Donna, that there are there are uh, polarized sides of Absolutely. The, the conversation and the debate. And I want to say this. Um, I, I know you. I know your spirit. Yes. And, and uh, I've learned things about you. Uh, I learned that you have tactical training. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not something you announce, no. right? It's right. not something that you, uh, you, you make any uh, thing. But your tactical training... Uh, it goes beyond simply your uh, concealed carry weapon uh, training, correct? Correct, yes. There's many things that you learn. Um, one of them, and I'm um, training agents as well. I'm getting a lot of calls sure. uh, out of state. Um, sure. I had a random woman call me from out of state saying I live in a very high crime area and I need your advice. Um, obviously, I have not been able to call everybody back and sure. respond to all of those, but I am um, giving three tips if you'd like to hear them. Yes, absolutely. On, um, some of the training that I have learned. So the first um, line of defense if you will, is just being aware. We get so caught up in our phones and not being aware of our daily, yep. you know, uh, surroundings. And um, in, in my interview, um, one of the um, newscasters had said, um, realtors are afraid of open houses and they don't do it. And I said, well, first of all, First of all, I don't live in fear. Right. I live in faith, and faith trumps fear. Yes. Always, great, right? Great line. We should you, all take you that may away. quote that. That is from Donna Hetzler, <laughs> and it is faith drunk. Trumps. Trumps. <laughs> Trumps, Trumps fear. fear. And it's Always. Wonderful. Always. So I am not talking about being paranoid. I right. am talking about being aware. Smart. Number one is and be aware. Be aware. So be aware of your surroundings. Who's around you? When you go into a restaurant, um, make sure you are watching the front door. Unfortunately, we live in times where we have we to, to be aware. Be aware. Of that. We just have to be. If something looks suspect and you have that little twinge in your stomach, like this just doesn't seem right, mm -hmm. then follow that. Maybe leave the, the scene um, or the restaurant. If something doesn't movie feel... Theater, movie theater. Movie theaters, um, right. shopping malls, whatever right. it is. We are, it's not just isolated to open houses. Correct. We live in a place, unfortunately, where we just need to be aware. Absolutely. So be aware of your surroundings. And then the next um, tool that they teach you is to train. So there's various ways that you can defend yourself, whether that be martial arts, tasers, um, mace, as much as I hate to say it. I mean, it is sure. a, a good defense weapon. Um, 
and then firearms. There's there's various ways. So not only getting your concealed carry license if you decide to carry a firearm, but train yeah. and know how to use those things or train to, to do the taser. Yeah. Um, and my decisions were, I don't want to be that close to anybody you mm -hmm. know to right. tase somebody uh they teach you to have 21 feet distance wow. when you train Smart. give you a couple of seconds to respond and react yes yeah. and even with that 21 foot distance it happens so quick that mm -hmm. you bet yeah you, you need that space right, so, so train. Be, be aware train yes and then make a plan so part of the training is knowing what you would do in any situation and then following through on that without hesitation, without second guessing yourself mm -hmm. and knowing what you would do. So uh, your mindset is huge. I have played through uh, the last seven or eight sure. years that I've been training different scenarios. And then you get into the scenario like I did right. last Sunday and it's muscle memory. It's muscle memory. Yeah. It's automatic and everything just kicks in, but you don't second guess, you don't hesitate because that training is there and you know, you know, you know. And I will say, um, if you decide to carry a firearm and you have the proper training, they do teach you to get out of a situation that you never, ever, ever want to sure. harm somebody sure. if you can help it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot, you know, there's a lot of misguided things out there about it. But when yeah. you are trained, they say, get out. Mm -hmm. You never want to deal with something like that emotionally if right. you can. Right. Yeah. And so having that um, plan in place and knowing and kind of thinking through scenarios and there's no wrong answers. There's right. no judgment. You, Michelle, might decide I'm willing to, you know, go to jail or die for just my family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Eric right, right. might say it could be the cashier. It could be, you know, yeah. what am I willing to do in a situation? And everybody has their own you right. know, choices in doing that. And so I had my plan and I um, followed it specifically to my training. So. I, I think that, that it should be, and again, uh, for those who are just tuning in, our guest is Donna Hetzler. She uh, was attacked as she was showing. She's a realtor and she was showing a home and uh, was attacked. And we, we've told the story all the way up to the the calling of the police in the end of that episode yes. uh, at that point. Of course, uh, at that point, uh, you went straight to the front page of the news yes. and uh, gave some interviews uh, to some local television stations, uh, at least one. Yep. Um, and and now let's fast forward uh, to the the recent news uh, a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. They caught him. Yes, they did. Right. Which was fabulous news, and it, it was the reasoning behind doing the interview. Um, I, I love interviews. I love mm -hmm. being in front of women and encouraging women and being on the radio. It's, You're it, I used love it. to it. I'm used, used to it. Sure. But I did not want to interview about something Who like would? this, right? I mean, and I, I never wanted to be in this position ever. We're having this conversation, but it's not necessarily the one that you would choose. Uh, mm -hmm. no, no one would choose this. Right. But I believe that there's value in the conversation. And, and I hate to put you through the, the reliving of it. Uh, I'm sure I won't be the last. Um, but at the same time, the, the, our audience, we don't know who's listening, but the, they need to hear sure. uh, this. And you've got so, so many pearls of wisdom, and I'm going to tie them all up here in a minute. Okay. Uh, but, but they caught him. Right. Right? Yes, they did catch him based on um, evidence. And uh, the interview, you know, really helped. I had two different uh, networks air uh, my story and that helped uh, okay. capture the guy Thank and so yes he is in jail and it was a, a quick you know I was kind of expecting 
you know, it'd be a longer process or drawn out and it yeah. happened very quick and it was, um, it was very God ordained yeah. um, in the whole process Absolutely. and just his hand of protection, how, how everything, um, faith went down. Faith, faith trumps Always fear. Always trumps fear. And before we finish too, yeah. just let me know how much time we have because I minutes. did, um, I did write a blog, um, and it is to our men and women in blue. So I want to end in that today. Oh, oh absolutely. Okay. Please go ahead. But, um, we don't. We've got time, so right. if you guys still have questions, well, go I, ahead. I, I want to just tie a little something up here uh, so that our listeners kind of, because, uh, Michelle, whether you asked, you didn't ask for it, obviously, uh, but whether you did or not, you are have been thrust into the, the spotlight. And, of course, that, that uh, we, we live in a polarized society, and, and even the people whom I would guess and assume that would be uh, supportive and... Um, less judgmental uh i've heard some crazy stuff yes and um you know you're thrust in the center of that so my first word of advice to you is don't watch the news right Uh, you know (laughs) i don't take to heart anything because right because they don't know they don't know you don't know and you know i will say i have tried to help friends in situations not like this obviously but in traumatic situations and i have said things that have been said to me that are supposedly supposed to help. And I realized, um, you know, that's just not helpful to me. Right. Um, You haven't been in that situation. And And they don't know what to say. So they throw out something that they think they should say. But there's been, there's been some hate on the side of it and there's been a lot of support too. And so that is just the way it's going to be. And it's the way it is for everyone, regardless of who's the one that's going through it. And I'd, I'd love to just be sure that the, the, the pl- giving a plan, me as a grandma, yep. um, not to not to scare kids and not to talk about that necessarily because that's not my part. Right. That's mom and dad. But for me to plan, um, keeping an eye on and knowing the location right. of yes, where the kid always. is with me always. Your, your your message is you know be aware, train, and make a plan. Plan right. That's so practical. That's mm-hmm. advice for any of us right. in every situation. Yes. Uh, and and I absolutely love it. Let's hear your blog. Okay. This morning, I sit in bed, pillows propped behind my back. It's lighter outside than usual. Perhaps it's because I woke up later than normal, or could it be that some of the weight of this past week is lifting? I place my pen on blank page to the journal. Nothing comes. My heart has so many feelings to articulate, but I can't quite express them. I pray. I pull my Bible closer to me, searching for words of peace. Lord, just bring peace. A word comes, and I write it, blue. My mind wanders to previous days and events that followed. I write the names of two male detectives and a female CSI. The whole Commerce City Police Department was amazing, but these three work closely with me, each helping me so diligently. You three have forever impacted my life. There's professionalism, and then there's professionalism with a heart. Some people go to work, you show up with a bigger mission. I can't fathom the things you witness in your line of work, many times the worst in humanity, and yet you continue each day to combat evil, proving that goodness still wins. I'm forever grateful. Mm. That day you kept me safe, talked me through extreme pain, affirmed what I was feeling, told me I'd be all right, and kept me informed. Who Who shows up to do their job unknowingly giving so much more? I suppose it would be easy to become jaded in police work, yet you three shine a light into the darkness. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You encourage me to live out my own words. Faith trumps fear, always. 
My morning journaling was a letter of thankfulness, and I'm thankful for you and your service to fight the darkness. Somehow my writing became a whispered prayer for you and your families. I'm praying over you, Blue. My brothers and sisters, you are the color of compassion. You have left an imprint on my heart. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. So a thank you to all who serve, including our military. Yes. We experience freedom because of your service. And finer words, I, I could right possibly come up nope. with as we wrap this up donna hetzler i'm glad that you are alive thank you me too and and here grateful, with us grateful. we have a treasure here mm -hmm. uh on the good news with angie austin and it is the good news absolutely good news absolutely all right friends uh that'll do it for today's section of good news but here's what we want you to do stay tuned on behalf of uh, donna hetzler and michelle ron producer dave angie austin of course my name is eric raymer and we'll be back right after these messages. The good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. YMCA of the Rockies in Estes Park is an ideal vacation for your entire family. Now that our new dog park is open, bring your pup and be inspired by our surroundings. At YMCA of the Rockies, you can fill your days and nights with fun, dog-friendly programs and activities we have planned just for you. This is your opportunity to get extra special exercise for your pup and experience fellowship with other dog families. And if you book a family cabin, your dog is welcome to stay in the cabin with you. YMCA of the Rockies is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. So bring your dog and fill your next family vacation with fun, exciting, and affordable adventures at our new dog park at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com, AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Hello, hello back again. This is producer Dave. Um, I'm here for the next installment in our new, I guess it's our book series. Uh, I have this line to a bunch of different PR people that have all these amazing books and all these other things that normally we wouldn't be able to share here on the good news. But because Angie has kind of given me permission to search some of these books down and search some of the authors down and get some really good in-depth interviews, 
Um, I, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm doing as much as I can. I love authors and I love writing and I love all these different books. And I think these books are going to be very, very uh, interesting to all of you, our listeners. So today is not going to be any different. Today is uh, we, uh, we're talking to a very exceptional author, Dr. Randy Clark. He wrote a book called Eyewitness to Miracles, Watching the Gospel Come to Life. What Dr. Clark has done is he has, uh, we're, we're going to get into this, but he's had an opportunity to go around the world and document and eyewitness actual real miracles. And he's here to explain to us what that means, how he came to do this, and what it means for all of us today. Hello, good afternoon, Dr. Clark. Good afternoon, Dave. Thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And hey, uh, we, I, we think this book is really, really interesting. Um, you say in your book that you've eyewitnessed, what, hundreds of thousands of miracles or something like hundreds of miracles. And um, I just want to know if you could clarify that a little bit for me, because we like to think of some things as miracles and some, some things as not miracles. And so uh, I was wondering if you could kind of differentiate that. Yeah, I, I use a more biblical understanding of miracle, that which it seems like would not have happened, short of prayer and the timing of it. You know, even if there's a naturalistic explanation that there could have happened, the fact that it happened when the prayer came or within just minutes of that, uh, indicates that God got involved and what would not have happened normally uh, has now happened. For example, um, in the book, I tell about people who are blind and lame and sick and death and even the dead being raised, that I personally have met the people who were raised in the dead. I interviewed their families, interviewed the people uh, in the village um, that uh, primarily Muslim that came to Christ as a result. Um, and, and so the subtitle, Watching the uh, Gospel Come to Life, is, um, I was on a TV show, uh, It's Supernatural, Sid Roth, and he when the first time he went there, he said, do you have videos of these stories? I was trying to get, I said, no, it's, I don't. I, I, it, I don't have the, uh, the right type of equipment. And I was explaining to him it's very hard to get to catch them because if you have 100 people on your team, uh, the, the guy with the camera being at the right place of those 100, one of them sees the miracle at that moment, it's hard to catch. But anyway, he said, you are a fool for not uh, taking the camera with you. So as a result of that, I went and bought the camera and started really trying to capture the testimonies that we were hearing on the field. Uh, you know, for example, I have uh, we also started uh, something else to help verify the healings, an organization called Global Medical Research Institute that's ran by PhDs in the medical field and, and in the uh, uh, sciences and uh, people who were teaching at Central University and hospitals that are that formed this organization to study and verify uh, healings and, and miracles. So I, I consider uh, three people, like were, they were both, all three told that within a week they were going to have the foot cut off, the leg cut off below the knee, and another one uh, leg cut off at the, at the hip. And uh, as a result of press, every one of them uh, did not have to have the amputations because one of them had cancer in the bone, another one had gangrene, um, and like two, one in the shin bone and one in the, in the heel, uh, and had come all the way across uh, Sao Paulo in Brazil because the doctor said in four days you're going to have to have your foot cut off 
Um, and then there's a word of knowledge for and, and she got healed. Um, so and, and one of the things we uh, talked about in the book was a guy who didn't have an optic nerve. And when he got healed in one of our meetings, uh, when my spiritual son prayed for him in Brazil, and a man from Missouri was the other person praying for him, he got his sight. Uh, another man going to Brazil had been blind 55 years with one-eighth of an inch thick uh, scar tissue over both eyes for 55 years. A woman on our team prayed for him for five hours. And nothing happened. We went to another city, and the pastor uh, of the church called me. It was the greatest miracle in the history of the city. That you know, Three days later, he woke up. It wasn't gradual. It was like during sleep, woke up the third day in the morning, with brand new eyes with no scar tissue. So, wow, that's uh, we have, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, that I mean, it's unbelievable. These some of these stories. It's it's. I mean, so they sound like miracles for sure. And it's amazing. The prayer I actually have a personal testimony. My my son was diagnosed with cancer last year, and as a result, I believe as a result of prayer, his cancer was changed into something that was spreading into something that could just be removed and it happened within the span of a couple of days and i i think that it's amazing and i think that without that prayer it would not have happened and um uh, one thing that you mentioned in your book doc is that um you look look at these miracles from both a spiritual believer point of view but also from a scientific point of view which I think is very interesting. I was wondering if you could clarify that a little bit. In is videotaping it part of that process? Well, we, um, the second part of the book, I just deal with the what I call the prominent miracles um, today, and and how the uh, the secular skepticism uh, came in, particularly in the Enlightenment. Uh, with all of its rationality and seeing the world basically like a machine and the laws of nature can't be broken. And, and I don't think God breaks the laws of nature actually in a miracle. I think he supersedes it with the laws we haven't even discovered yet. There's so much we don't understand about how God uh, heals. Um, but my study, I, I did a doctoral dissertation on uh, the effects of Christian prayer upon chronic pain and loss of range of motion from surgically implanted materials. I studied 900 and some odd people on five continents. I had, I had Harvard doctors advising me, uh, um, several major universities, both the medical field and the specialty areas in religion uh, advising me. And with, uh, since then, I've seen, uh, since 2009, when this started, uh, we've had over 5,000 people uh, receive healing from not able to move. And that's why I wanted to do it, because a doctor, one doctor from Harvard, um, no, he was from uh, uh, Duke, said you need something that, that there, there could be no spontaneous remission, because that's what doctors will say. Even though it, 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 it's a mom, one out of 60,000 will have 100,000, would be a spontaneous remission. Well, we have an anomaly. We have so many more getting healed than that. But anyway, so I chose this, this particular subject, because there are really no... Um, spontaneous remission with people who've had surgery and because of the surgery they're in this chronic pain and have lost function. And uh, so I began to study are there things that affect whether or not someone would be healed or increase the probability of being healed, look at different variables. And so that's part of the book and it's one chapter in the book. 
looking at you know what is it seems to make it more likely someone is healed or someone's not. Right, right. So this is producer Dave. This is our series on authors where we're talking to authors. We're getting a real in-depth view of all the things that they're talking about in their books. We like to get to the real meaty stuff. Um, and we're, today we're talking with Dr. Randy Clark, an eyewit- and he wrote The Eyewitness to Miracles, Watching the Gospel Come to Life. And he's telling us about a little bit of uh, some pretty incredible stories of of things that have happened through prayer and people being healed and all sorts of things happening. And some of them he's eyewitness personally. So, uh, Doctor, uh, I, you, you mentioned in the book that the idea of miracles is all kind of about a, maybe a point of view and kind of since people kind of since the Enlightenment and people want to uh, have a more rational point of view, uh, you know, or what they think of as a more rational point of view towards the world, that they don't see these things as miracles. Do you think that it's just because of belief that really differenti- differentiates between what constitutes a miracle and what doesn't? I think there is a, you know, uh, without getting too deep in the woods or too deep in the grass, uh, that human argument is circular, and it basically makes it impossible to prove a miracle because of the argument itself. And I deal with that, and, and I also deal in the book of how that uh, even though there is and has been this skepticism, there's a lot of uh, faith in our culture uh, for miracles, uh, even amongst the medical field. It's, it's a rather high percent of doctors who have said that they do believe uh, in, uh, in miracles. And uh, so, the, matter of fact, uh, one of the two forwards I have a book from uh, University of Indiana professors, uh, one of whom is uh, a research scientist on the brain, and the other is a Harvard uh, graduate PhD. And uh, and, and they um, have worked with me in the sense that they've studied my ministry, and she wrote a book on uh, testing prayer uh, about science and healing, and it's by Harvard Press. So we do know that there are reasons why people are skeptical, but we feel like those are invalid reasons. And a lot of it has been just the way we've been been taught to think in in categories that preclude miracle. But um, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book. But it's not only the secular reasons. There are religious reasons. Within Protestantism, we've had 500 years where major segments of Protestantism, the pastors were taught in seminary that God doesn't heal anymore. These miracles don't happen anymore. And so for me, I found it a lot of times the hardest place to see healing is in the church because a lot of people in church have been taught against believing for today uh, because of their theology that came in through the Protestant Reformation. So, and then in the latter part of the book, I tried to say, okay, this is how we got to where we're at with this skepticism. And yet, at the other, on the other hand, there are still lots of people that aren't skeptical and often more outside than inside the church. Uh, then I said, well, what's God doing to turn this back to where there's becoming a, such a culture of belief in the supernatural? Right, right. And I, you mentioned in one of your chapters um, explaining away the miracles that even some people who aren't necessarily skeptics still have their verbiage that help kind of dismiss that these things are miracles. Yeah, like... Uh, I, it's kind of a joke around my friends. You see something, someone prays, and then there's this major radical reversal. And uh, we'll, we'll get excited and say, oh, thank you, Lord. And, and sometimes others will say, oh, it was just an anomaly. It was a 
spontaneous remission or or the other one that happens a lot. Uh, we must have misdiagnosed this situation. Right. But that's kind of sometimes the what you hear when the other thing was, no, God answered prayer. Right, right, yeah. And so they just, instead of admitting that something incredible happened, they like to say, oh, we must have just had it wrong in the first place. That makes sense. Yeah, I prayed for a woman recently in Switzerland, and she went in, uh, I prayed for a woman who got an impartation to pray for healing, and she prayed that night. She never prayed for anybody in life. For a friend who had a, uh, with a fractured pelvis that wouldn't heal, and uh, she felt heat in her hands. She prayed for the friend who was a new ager, and um, then she went to the doctor the next day, the new ager did, and the doctor said, told the nurses, these are the wrong x-rays, I'm a man of science, this is impossible. She said, no, doctor, that is the right x-ray. He said, it is impossible, and so I do not believe in miracles, so I want you to do this x-ray over. She did, came back, same result, we could not even see whether there had been a fracture, and he said, the machine must be broken, do it on another machine, <laughs> and then finally when he came in, the doctor looked at her and said, what happened, what would you do? And she said, I had a friend pray for me, and all this heat went in my hips, and now my pain is gone. And the doctor, who had been so skeptical, said to her, could you get your friend to pray for me? Really? That's... So he went from real skepticism to openness to prayer himself because he saw the evidence. Right, right. That's a great story. Now, you also write in your book, Doc, that a lot of the people that that go through some of these healing miracles, they feel something like the touch of grace or something right what do you how do you explain that and do you know uh do you know a little bit about that and i don't know how to explain it i explain it i know how to report it because i have experienced it myself i i was almost killed in the car accident 18 that's how i ended up being called to the ministry a radical change in my life i was healed i was healed another time uh after 90 days of prayer and actually somebody videoed and said uh and when in Canada, the healer cannot heal himself. It was like at the time they did the video, I was in so much pain. Uh, but what they did not do was come back and check things out because uh, a guy in uh, New Orleans saw a vision of me, prayed for me while I was asleep, and he wasn't even there. He was a thousand miles away, and I was in Pennsylvania, New Orleans. And in the morning, even after 90 days of physical therapy, two epidurals, all types of uh, uh, painkillers, um, I was healed. As a response to that prayer, he saw me in a vision, and the Lord showed him my spine and my neurological system, showed where two discs uh, uh, nerves were being pinched, and stuff is squirted out, and he said, push it back in. And he said, I was acting out this vision in the middle of church. People thought I was crazy. And I did not know that. People cannot take a study uh, placebo effect and the, and the conditions necessary for placebo effect. This Placebo effect cannot explain this because I was asleep when it happened. I was not aware of even being prayed for, and when I woke up, I was healed. And I didn't find out about it, uh, his, this experience he had, until five hours later. So, uh, and then another friend of mine, a young man, I actually trained him later. He had a word of knowledge from God about somebody had a uh, herniated disc in his neck, which I've had nine herniated discs in my body. And he said, in your birthday, February 18th, 1952. Well, that's my birthday, and <laughs> I've been prayed for for a year, and uh, I got healed that morning, right? Then. So I have experienced so one of the things that's about 50% of the time or a little more, people tell me they feel heat 
or if they have something that's a very bad infection, they'll actually feel positive heat, they'll feel coldness in their body, uh, or they feel electricity and energy going through their body. And less than 50%, maybe 30 to 40% of the time, people are healed, and they don't feel anything. They don't know they're healed until they go back to the doctor because sometimes their condition is they have to... Uh, the evidence has to be done through a test. Right, right. Well, that's pretty incredible. Um, so uh, we're almost... What, we're, oh, a, go ahead. From a theological point of view, in the Eastern Orthodox Church, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are called the energies of God. And they believe, and I agree with them, that when we experience the gifts of God, we're experiencing Himself in His energy as He comes to us and makes Himself known. And so... Even Paul said, I labor with all his energy that works so mightily within me. So we know there's a biblical concept for it, and, and, but we also see it not in Scripture, but in, in life today. Right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Doc. Can you tell all of our listeners about where they can go get the book, how they can contact you, any other information you'd like to put out there? Yeah, you could get the book through Amazon and get a Kindle or, or paperback or hardback, I believe. You can get it through most Christian bookstores, or you can get it get it through our ministry on the line at globalawakening.com. And you can go with us on trips and get the books. I've got about 40 books I've written uh, on healing and uh, spiritual gifts and a lot of different other subjects. So globalawakening.com or Amazon and, and just look for Eyewitness to Miracles. Or you can look up my name, Randy Clark, and the books that I've written and signed. Well, thank you again, Doc, and uh, I hope, we hope you all want to go get this book. We hope uh, that you can find something from it and really be able to witness real-life miracles. We'll be right back with more good news. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. You guys know how much I geek out on stats, and I saw a survey that said basically one-third of people in this country have no planning for retirement and an even bigger number just doesn't understand financial planning and how to set up their finances for success. So we've called in somebody in this sponsored interview to help us. And when I say us, I'm going to be selfish and say she's going to help <laughs> me. <laughs> this is an important topic, and we have an important person to help us with it. Maja Alkatani is with us. Maja, uh, welcome to the program. And I'm not going to play uh, What's My Line because we know you're an expert in the world of financial planning, which almost none of us out here in the great unwashed of normal people we don't know enough about finances and financial planning, do we? 
No, you know, money is something that we just typically stay away from or avoid talking about in our culture. It's really unfortunate. Um, I grew up in a family that was really great at making money through businesses, but not in the stock market. And so, you know, it was also something that was sort of hush-hush. We don't talk about money. And so I think because we don't talk about money readily in our culture, it's something that we sort of avoid and don't learn enough about. And that's why it's really great to engage a financial advisor to just start those conversations so that you can learn more about what you have and how to make your money work for you. I think this is great because you're so right that none of us, well, just generally speaking, we think it's un, uncouth to talk about money amongst our friends. But I think it's how you talk about money, and it's about being smart. And you talk about getting financial advice from a financial advisor when we realize that uh, the surveys are showing only one out of three of us really knows what we're doing with our money. That means uh, a bunch of us need help. So what's the first thing we should look at in trying to loosen up the topic and get good advice and talk about money? Sure. I think the first thing is think about why do you want to engage an advisor? What are your most pressing questions? And I think it's, you know, they're big life questions. What are, what are your goals? What, what do you want to do with your money when you finally retire? Those are things that we don't really think about because we're just caught up in our day-to-day life. So I think one of the things that you can do is maybe ask friends or family for a recommendation on an advisor you know, interview two or three people and figure out who you are really comfortable with um, because not, not all advisors are created equal. We are different individuals, and so we're going to resonate. You know, one might resonate with uh, one advisor and somebody else might resonate with another. So find somebody that you're comfortable talking with because you are going to be sharing sort of those deepest, darkest secrets about, uh, you know, what you have. And you really need to put all your cards on the table. We would never go to a doctor and say, hey, you know, only run half my blood panel or only check the right half of my body. Just be really open and honest about where you are, whether you have debt or you feel like you're paying too much in taxes. Just be open and and learn. You know, a good financial advisor is going to go through financial literacy with you. They're going to educate you. They're going to help you understand what you have, where you are, so that they can get you to where you want to go. I think this is so important. We're talking to Maja Alkatani about being smarter with our finances, about getting connected to maybe somebody who is a, a financial advisor to help us achieve great financial wellness. And I love the fact, Maja, that you connected it to uh, finding the right doctor. Because if you don't like your doctor, you shouldn't stay with your doctor. If you don't understand exactly. your doctor, you shouldn't stay with that. So you should sniff out a couple of financial advisors. And I also love that you said, look, talk to your friends. Ask your friends, hey, do you work with a financial advisor? Is, is there somebody? Because chances are your friends are probably in a similar financial situation or economic situation as you. So they might have somebody who understands your personal problems on a more intense level. Where's the best place people should start going to look for information like this? Sure. So obviously start with friends and family. You probably have somebody that you look up to financially, right? You feel like they've got it all together. Find out if they've uh, talked to somebody. 
you know, you can do an internet search. Let's say that you work for a certain company. There might be an advisor that just specializes in the retirement plan that your company has. Or let's say that you've lost a spouse or gone through a divorce. There are advisors that are, you know, generalists and also specialists. So if you have a particular situation, search out that person and, again, interview two to three people. The other thing that I would say is a lot of people feel that they need to have millions and millions of dollars to engage a financial advisor, and that's just not the case. There are a myriad of ways that you can engage a financial advisor, and you also, if you start with one advisor and it doesn't work out, you're not married to that person for the rest of your life. You can always seek out another advisor as time goes on. I love this. If you feel chained to an advisor, then you're not doing it right. You can make sure you get someone who's working for you and helping make your money work for you. One of the things Maja brought up early in their discussion is goals. So I want to stress that everybody needs to sit down and be honest with themselves and say, here's where we want to go. And then you have to say, here's where we are. And by letting an independent voice like a financial advisor look at where you are and where you want to go, you can plot a course to get there. It, it makes sense. And, and you have to take time. Is there a website we should go to, Maja? Sure. You can take a look at our website. It's www.altus360.com. ALTUS360.com. All of our contact information is there. You can take a look at our advisors. And we're here to help. If you have any questions, just give us a call. It's so important, people. Take a little time out of your day. Don't be afraid. I'm a financial dummy, but I'm not afraid to ask the question. I'm, I'm being honest with you, Maja. Yeah, that's great. That's exactly that's the attitude you have to have. Well, that's perfect. Thank you. Thank you for making us feel welcome. Altus360.com. Altus360.com. Thank you, Maja. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.